clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! Touchdown! Rude. You would have thrown for 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, and a win. I would have got it right. Yeah, but, you know. But I had to say three touchdowns, no turnovers. Did you not have a turnover? Yeah, he did have a pick. Yes. Okay. I was going to say. Well, you know, I, I, I admire that about you. So, so I mean, specific. I was – Yours was closer than mine. And mine well, I guess I mine was fairly specific. But, yeah, I meant to say that Hunter Henry was going to crush it. But Yeah, right. Know, <laughs> I'm glad to see that he's doing well, so – that was game, so... Yeah, yeah, all right, well... Welcome to Simultaneous Catch. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name's Josh Lapping. We've got a little uh, tidbit of an episode today. A little tidbit of an yeah, episode? We've we already like... passed tidbits. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> we have a shorter episode today because uh, we have a tight schedule. We're adults now. <laughs> um, but we're still going to get the important things out. We've got Rant Ray Recall, we've got some Crushing It, got some MVP talk, and then we'll get right down to Pals Picks, Cold Reads, and... All that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you have a rant review call? Um, I just want to go on a bit. Well, what's what's yours? I'm going to talk about the Lions. Okay, well, so I well I'll let you go first, and then I'll chime in. I'm going to rant for a second here. Okay. Because I am a little bit sick and tired of this. Let me, let, me, let me preface this by saying, yes, we're not stupid. We know that there were blown calls in this game. Yes. We know that it certainly... Helped the Packers. We're not stupid, but I am so over. The Lions lost because of the refs. The refs gave the game to the Packers. Stop it. The Lions did not lose because of the refs. Let me say that again in case you didn't hear me. The Lions did not lose on Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers because of the refs. 
Carry on Johnson the whole game, 2.6 yards per carry. People thought that he had such a great day because he scored, so for fantasy, that's helped for those guys. (laughs) 2.6 yards per carry. Stafford, 16 of 32. That's 50% completion percentage, no touchdowns. Now, Kenny Galladay had five catches for 121 yards, the lone bright spot for that offense. I mean, if you and, think about it, sorry to interrupt, but it's okay. half of that was on the first play. Of the exactly, game, so. on the first play. Let me read you the second half for the Lions offense. All right. Three plays, negative eight yards, punt. Four plays, two yards, and a field goal. Four plays, two yards because of the big return that they had, okay? Then the next play, seven plays, 34 yards, field goal. Not a bad drive. Pretty good, but... You cap it off with a field goal. You don't put it into the end zone. Next drive, five plays, six yards, punt. Next drive, four plays, eight yards, field goal. That was on the interception. That was returned all the way back, the tipped pass. Yeah. And then their last drive was six plays for 16 yards, and they punted it. Detroit, you lost because you couldn't capitalize off turnovers. Uh, One of them, you didn't even score. You had to punt on. The other one, you turned all the way and only gained eight yards on four plays. Um and had to end with a field goal, and then you you were so inefficient on offense the whole second half, and you weren't even that amazing in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, their first two drives, five plays, 69 yards, ended the field goal, so they couldn't capitalize in the red zone, yep. and then a second drive, eight plays, 74 yards, had to go for it on fourth down to get the touchdown, and then after that, a punt end of half. So this, this Detroit Lions offense did not get it done in this game sure. at all. Yep. And again... You know, the headline is, of course, that the refs blew it. Because the refs blew two calls in that game. And they blew a couple other calls in that game as well. But the Detroit Lions had every opportunity handed them to win. And they did not capitalize. They did not seize the moment. They did not win the game. The Packers won that game because the Packers capitalized at the end of that game with the, tu- with the touchdown and the field goal to win it. So, I again, I, I feel 10% sorry for Detroit fans because that does suck that – you would have had another opportunity to march down and score, but the reality was your last four drive, your last three drives in that game: sixteen yards, eight yards, and six yards. And if you take out the lone thirty-four yard drive, your other ones negative eight and two in the second half. I have zero confidence they would have scored a field goal in that game, so I do not care about that last call. End of rant. All right, well said, my friend. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I could echo all of those things. That'd be very easy to do. Obviously, you uh, had a lot of statistics there, and I appreciate it. I think it's a very good point. I agree with you. I think we're on the same boat. Yeah. Obviously, we know there were some blown calls. Actually, and and I'll say this, the NFL came out and addressed both the calls. The they first, did. The first one's technically correct. You might not like because it. Because his hand is near the neck area. Well, there, there, there's an instance where Flowers swipes the face mask, which and you're we not said allowed that. to when do. When we were watching the game, we said that. I said he does hit him right away. And and if the ref sees that, they're going to throw it. Right. The second one, yeah, I mean, we don't really have an idea or an excuse. Sorry, our, our laundry is going <laughs> on right now. The second one, obviously, there there's no excuse. But I think there's just an element of those things happen. And actually, I, I want to talk to you about this if we dive into this rabbit hole real fast since we're on the topic. Since I don't have one that's a separate thing, let's talk about it. And that is Bakhtiari went out and he talked to the refs about like the last handful of weeks he feels like he's been targeted I, yeah. in that way, so he wanted them to keep an eye on it. And, uh, I mean, we've seen players and coaches sometimes in, in press conferences calling things out like that. The OBJ thing yeah. a few weeks ago uh, in relation to Williams. How do you feel about players maybe having an influence and in swaying these refs when – I feel like refs, and while they have made a lot of egregious mistakes this year, I feel like they're so on edge because of last year and how things turned out that they are walking on pins and needles. I think they're scared, so when they hear these players talk about that, it's just they they overthink it. How do you feel about players and coaches having influence to sway these guys out there? It's hard. It really is. And I mean, Bakhtiari did say he came out and he was like, I mean, beforehand I had told the refs, I was like, so are we not calling hands to the face anymore? And, like, not even in a malicious way. He's just like, so they're not going to call that? Okay, well, I'm, I just need to know that. You know what I mean? Right. And they ended up calling it. But it's just, I, we all understand that it's a very, it's a very hard profession. It's it's not a thank, it's a thankless profession. Nobody ever is going to like you. Oh, yeah. But everybody's always going to hate you when it goes wrong. So I, I get it. I, I definitely get it. But I, how many times have we been watching a game where I have said, why is the guy 
who they have as the officiating representative in the booth for the telecast always getting the call right. And then seven out of ten times it's not matched up. It's getting wrong on the field. It does not make sense to me. I don't think it should be that hard to have a guy in New York watching it along with the telecast and when he sees that something's wrong, calls and says, hey, you messed this up. It's egregious. Fix it. I don't see why like, – I don't get that. And I know I'm veering off from the question when you mentioned how do I feel about that. But like, I don't I, I don't mind guys voicing their concerns. They're going to have – you know what I mean? Okay. But the real, And then there are coaches who will tell you that holding happens on every play. Sure. It's just whether or not it's called or not. Right. And so the reality is I think that we should get – we need to get to a point where things are called when they're supposed to be called. And I know that that sounds very – amorphous in a way there's not really a shape to to that point or take but my my point here is that you know they're they talked about this on on a radio show i was listening to i listened to one bills live it's the bills radio podcast so this morning or yesterday they talked about how in the cfl the canadian football league everything's reviewable at all times you can go to challenge flat but then he said they started using it as a weapon so he was like, so somebody would hit a 40-yard bomb, big play, big pass, and they throw a flag and says that they have a guy that watches it and says there's holding on the left tackle right there, throw it. Didn't have any effect on the play. The ball was already out, like, the, you know what I mean, like thrown from the other side of the field. Okay. Could not have affected the play, but it's called that because there's holding. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just hope that we get to a point where it's like, okay, that guy wouldn't have getting, gotten to him. I know that that really brings in a lot of – yeah, that's human very, error. It's very and it's tough. But like, I, I, I like to err on the side of let them play, except when it very clear and obviously affects it. And I know that sounds very general and tough to sort of pinpoint and shape. But the reality is, all of us fans are watching it and know what is and isn't. Like there's there is some there are some times where there's a bait where like Des caught it or didn't caught it or or simultaneous catch for God's sake. What are Shows based off of, but legitimately, more often than not, you can watch and decide. Okay, that is or isn't, and I don't get why why this is so difficult for an officiate. I mean, it's it's different being in your living room, right? When we have a camera that's on Flowers and Bakhtiari, there's there's an umpire in the back watching twenty two other guys. They don't all watch every single like, guy, get them, but Put somebody but... in the living room, then, and watch the game. So at that point, though, and, and I'm not trying to defend the ref. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm not going at you either. I just it's No, so I understand. Weird. It's so weird. So, but in, in that instance where if there's a guy in New York that's going to be in charge of all these yeah. things, I mean, I you brought up a good point on Monday night, maybe like after the two minutes, that's when that comes in or like something right. really, because if we did that throughout... 60 minutes of football, which is already about three and a half hours real time. That could become yeah. everything. But hang on, let's like, because if you think about it, like if there's a penalty like that or a play like that, a lot of the times teams will rush to get something so there can't be any review on it. Right. So if we're like, hang on, guys, like let's make sure this is all clean, well, it could I, just really become this whole ordeal. And I also, it's a, it's yeah, it's a hard road. And I also will say, you know, I think that it has to start with under two minutes, everything's reviewable. And I don't think many people I don't think that's a bad idea. But And I wanted to bring this up. We talked about this on Monday after the game of Skip Bayless tweet. Yeah. Where he said that uh, NFL, quote, NFL officiating is so consistently bad. Jerry Jones used to argue with me that human error among refs is good for the game because it creates day-to-day and day-after controversy and conversation increases interest. Maybe so, but I'd rather talk about great plays than bad calls. And I think this is a good point to make that, you know, maybe it is good to have a few, you know, human error involved with it to an extent in terms of like people are talking about it, of course. But people want to see the game played and not affected. Now, again, I think if, if, if you sit down and you look at the numbers like we just did during, during my rant, the Lions had a good chance to put that game away and win that game, and they didn't do it. Absolutely. That's their fault that they lost the game. Yeah. They, it's, they, the, and I, we said this, and I liked the way that we came to this, where the refs did not cost the Lions the game. They cost them a final opportunity. Right. And that's it. Absolutely. And that sucks, because maybe that's the opportunity, but the way the game was trending, it wasn't going to happen anyway. And I think that we just need to look at, look at this officiating as... And, and again, I like the point you made that, like, you know... It will slow the game down. But I'm not even saying there's somebody who says, hold on, let me look at this. Like, legitimately, you can tell from two or three replays if it's egregious enough, 
that call needs to be changed. So I'm not even talking about, oh, stop for review. I'm talking about somebody's watching the game and that's their job is to catch anything egregious and say, boom, change that call right now. It's wrong. You know what I mean? And, so I, and, what's and of stopped, course it wouldn't be that smooth right away. But but what stopped the game from continuing during that point? What do you mean? So like there's a flag thrown okay. and somebody's like, maybe this didn't exist or maybe it didn't. So they're going to be like, we have to take a timeout to go see. I think there's enough time in between. You know what I mean? Like I... Obviously, if we're talking about a play that's that where they're rushing up and trying to get it because they know, they're going to call down and review that. I'm talking about, like, there was a ton of time between those hands-to-the-face plays and the next play because they got in the huddle, called the play, and lined up. There was plenty of time for everybody to – there was plenty of time for Booker McFarlane to say four times that call was blown. You know what I mean? Before well, he, the next snap of the ball. It was, he talked about that for like the next – But again, I'm just play. saying there was plenty of time for people to say that call was blown. 40,000 people tweeted about it before the next play. It couldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard for, for somebody watching wherever they're watching to be like, that. there really wasn't a penalty on the back. You should, you should pick up that flag. You know what I mean? We have, we have a way to go. I just think that there are ways to to make this better. I really think there are. We'll certainly see if the NFL starts taking any steps moving forward. Right. I don't think anything are, is going to happen. They are in meetings. They are, they do, they are in their fall meetings this week. So. I don't think anything's going to happen immediately. I don't think they're going to implement anything or try to change things for refs. Already, like I was talking about walking on pins and needles this year, but we'll see yeah. if there are some things that come in the future. But I think... With the same being said, I, I like that Roger came out this earlier this week and yeah. s- talked about the pass interference challenge. He said it's what we thought it would be. Yeah. And like there are a lot of times that we watch where like that's pass interference and they call it not. And I, I don't remember if it was Monday or Sunday night, but they talked about how it needs to be to the level of the Saints-Rams game. If it's something like that, we'll, we'll change it. But more often than not, we're going to call it as we saw it. So, well, yeah, and I get that. And I think that's good, actually. Because I think, again, I, agree. I think that... I think that more often than not, if you err on the side of let them play, fans aren't going to be as upset. But if it's as horrible as the NFC title game, yeah, change the call. But more often than not, fans just want to see guys play football. And I'll say this uh, to wrap this up to keep us moving. I I like I also like what Skip said uh, because now Skip Bayless wouldn't agree with this, but <laughs> right. very few people are talking about now. This is. Yeah. Weird to say as a Packers fan, but Aaron Rodgers, I think, is still very, very, very talented. But yeah. he's not what he used to be, which yeah. is, like I was saying on Monday night, I was like, I never used to be worried watching a game. Like, yeah. I'm like pacing now when I watch games. But no one's talking about how great of like a ball that was to yeah. Lazar to score the touchdown. Oh, it was amazing. No one's was, talking about him working with, with, with Alan Lazar. People are talking about the blown call. And that, which is sad. Is, that is sad. It's sad. All right, cool. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? Well, all right. Good conversation. Well, it's time for Crushing It. Crushing It. (laughs) We'll work on that. Anyway, I have a crush. That's good. I have a crush in it this week. All right. It is the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. Okay. I just, I really, we've talked about it a couple of times. We were worried early on about this offense, and obviously the Atlanta Falcons defense is an incredible. Um, Are you being an Arizona homer? This is your second crushing it in a row for Arizona. Listen, I'm just saying, 340 yards, three touchdowns, 32 more yards on the ground. The kid crushed it. Obviously, we don't know if what would have happened had that Matt Bryant not missed the extra point and they went into overtime. We don't know what would happen then. But the Arizona Cardinals are two, three, and one. The Arizona Cardinals. I mean, obviously, nobody's picking them. To be in the playoffs, but uh, they're they're sort of relevant right now. Sure, and they're a good football team. They could be three, they could be or they could be three and two, three and three, because of, if you take the tie away and they won that game okay. against Detroit. But they, you know, I mean, they're they're a good football team, and I think that their offense is starting to get together. They started clicking. David Johnson got in the end zone again. Larry Fitzgerald, who was my crush in it last week, had six catches for seventy yards. Uh, David Johnson had six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. I mean, they're, he's moving the ball around. They're distributing it. They're, they're coming up with, with ways to move this ball. And, and Kyler Murray had an, uh, a, a, what should you call it, uh, a blemish-less game this past week. And I just I want to give a crush in it to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you have any? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll throw a question out to Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton is a coach that we threw a lot of accolades at last year, and I think he's just following it up this year and doing a really great job. I don't think anyone saw them after Drew Brees went down uh, going on a 4-0 run. And you just have to tip your hat to him and that coaching staff. Obviously, they still have a lot of talent. I mean, Teddy's not a bad quarterback, but he's not the level of Drew Brees. So when you take a quarterback like that away, a lot of times the sky falls. We've seen it a lot of times at a lot of other places this year and Kamara got hurt in that game too and so while it wasn't necessarily pretty I think they just coached the way they needed to coach to win the game they have a great defense and you gotta tip your cap to Dennis Allen too for doing a great job that's a scary defense there as well so he'll get calls at the end of the year for head coaching so uh, crushing it to to that Saints organization for going on this run without without Drew Brees absolutely all right let's move on let's move on What's next on the docket? We're going to talk some MVPs. Heck yeah, we, we are. We're going to do this on our bye week, uh, but we just didn't have the time. And then we were going to do it, but then we had such a great talk with Allie that we bumped it again. So we're going to talk about MVP. Uh, you can start. So right now, heading into week seven, six weeks played, a little bit over a quarter, almost to halfway through. I know, who's isn't your, that sad? Who's your MVP? You, you know who my MVP is? Probably Russell Wilson. It is absolutely <laughs> Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is crushing it. Russell Wilson, here we go, is completing 73% of his passes. Awesome. He has over 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah. That's just through the air. He's done some damage on the ground. I don't yeah. have those statistics in front of me right now. But he's been crushing it. So awesome for him. Russell Wilson, I think right now is, in the terms of this year, one of the only quarterbacks where you fall behind double digits and still feel okay to come back. When they got down in Cleveland on the road, and that was a team, you picked Cleveland to win that game. I did. I never, I never fretted. I was like, and Russ, I trust. (laughs) And so he's been doing a great job. And I've talked a couple times off and on about the the talent level surrounding him. And while they definitely have playmakers, we talked about this personally, this wasn't on the air. So they have Tyler Lockett and he's a great wide receiver and they have DK Metcalf who's coming on and whatnot. But people never toss the the Seahawks accolades about how great their core is and all those things. Will Disley, who unfortunately uh, is down and out for the year now, more likely than not, uh, went down. But he was having a great year as well. But that's the thing is Russell Wilson has these kind of guys all the time and he makes them better. And that's just so cool. And I love to see that even when he's rattled and he's been getting beaten up, Cleveland did a heck of a job defending him, and they kept that pocket tight. And when he got out, they really, really rushed him and kept him uncomfortable. But he just finds a way to win. And if you take Russell Wilson off that Seahawks team, I don't think they are where they are. But that's a fair assessment. That's not a crazy thing to say. I- I'm glad that you brought up the when they were down, um, because in the third quarter, when they, they they scored the only touchdown in the third quarter, and that is what gave them the lead in that game. But I have I have this thing brought up. I was going to talk about it too, so I'm glad. I figured you'd mention. I figured that was your guy. Oh but gosh. in that third Maybe quarter, that'll be the yeah, on that yeah. third, yeah, right, on that third corner drive that he scored, uh, his headset went out on his helmet. He called every single play of the drive. Mm. I love that, and that ended with the touchdown pass on third and goal to Jerron Brown. And I just I think that's so cool. He's got total total control of that offense, total command of it. And they just, you know, they, they're rolling right now and it's kind of hard to, um, it's kind of hard to debate that. Sure. But I'm going to. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I find it crazy that not more people aren't talking Christian McCaffrey oh, for I feel like a lot of people MVP. are talking Christian McCaffrey. There are guys mentioning him being like, oh yeah, 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 but then they're like, oh, but he's a running back. Or there are people saying like, don't come at me with Christian McCaffrey because running backs are, but okay, here's the thing. Through six games... Christian McCaffrey has 162 touches, 923 total yards, nine total touchdowns. Okay? The last three running backs to win MVP, Sean Alexander in 2005 through six games, 138 touches, 747, 12 total touchdowns. So less yet less yardage, a couple more touchdowns. LaDainian Thomas in 2006. Through six games, 157 touches, 719 yards, eight touchdowns, less on all three. Adrian Peterson, the most recent, through six games, 133 yard carries or touches, 628 total yards, two total touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is beating all those guys 
in pace through six games, and everybody's like, oh, he probably won't win. He'll probably go to the quarterback. He, you, you talk about having Hafner having a historic season to win MVP at a non-quarterback position, but at a quarterback position, you can have an on-par season with what you normally do and win MVP. And I think it's ridiculous. And we could, I don't. I think it's is it? Am I beating a dead horse? Because every time we come to this, this is what I say, and we have this comment. And I say, why is there not a different award for quarterbacks? But still, Christian McCaffrey is absolutely crushing it. They won four straight games with their backup quarterback, and as and I love Kyle Allen, I really do. Yeah. But Kyle Allen is not oh this world beater quarterback. They are winning because Christian McCaffrey is crushing it, and people will bring up the fact that he only had whatever yards in London last week, yeah. but he had two touchdowns. So, again, okay. they, they he put it in the end zone. So, again, I – if you want to talk about that too, like he put it in the end zone twice and he's still outpacing all these previous running back MVPs by 200-plus yards. So, again, I – like I, I, the only person who I will hear arguments for for MVP other than Christian McCaffrey is Russell Wilson. <laughs> and that's about it. And that's not just because you're the one who said it. Maybe you can tell me Deshaun Watson, but do not come with me with your Pat Mahomes. Uh, do not, not, don't not right come now. with me with your your Tom Brady or your where or your somebody said Carson Wentz earlier today. Oh. Don't come at me with any of that. It's Christian McCaffrey or it's Russell Wilson right now for me. Okay, fair, yeah. So uh, I'll I'll stir the fire a little bit. It's okay. The only reason okay. I'm I'm against something like Christian McCaffrey, who's okay. having just a spectacular year, it's so it's, it's so yeah. exciting and, and it's good to see. The only reason I argue against that, and I, I do feel like your idea for a quarterback award is good. They but should, when, be, it should be best quarterback and then MVP. Sure. So, but with most valuable player, if if you have, I think the reason it leans towards a quarterback because if you have a quarterback that has a, a performance like right. Christian McCaffrey has against both Tampa games, right. he actually had less rushing yards this time than last time in week two. If a quarterback has a performance like that, you lost three to. Who knows how much? I mean, and so while well, yeah, you're saying he still he got, scored two touchdowns. So I mean, okay, yeah, the the screen pass was good. That was Christian McCaffrey's best play really, of the it game. Was a really nice play. The other one was a one yard run. If you still had Mike Tober, you could have give it to him to get in. So no one's being don't like, oh, at, don't come out with Mike. Just Tober's saying, name. Mike Tober <laughs> could have gotten in from one yard but out. See, here's the thing about and this. you know what's funny is that they actually tried taking that away from Christian McCaffrey on third and goal. Kyle Allen tried sneaking it in. I think he got it, but they said he oh. didn't. And then they gave it to Christian. So. See, here's my argument, though, is that we're judging this unfairly because there are quarterbacks who also have not – like there people are pounding the table for Pat Mahomes, and he's been not that great the last two weeks. Sure. And they're still saying he's the MVP because they're like, well, he opens things up because of the threat of him. Yeah. Hello, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey only had that. He still had two touchdowns. But he's opening other things up for the offense. And our best description of MVPs, if you take them off, what have they done? If you take Christian McCaffrey off this offense, I think they're 0-6. I don't know who else on that offense runs the ball like he can and catches it like he can. I don't believe in Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore to be a true number one receiver. Right now, they're basically they, 2A and 2B because McCaffrey's the one number one receiver. They wouldn't have lost in London if Christian McCaffrey wasn't there. Maybe. No, not maybe. maybe. Does their running back score on that screen pass? Probably not. Okay. They did have two other touchdowns, and when you have a defense that's playing they the way that they are. They threw two touchdowns because they had soft coverage because they're pounding the box to stop Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Again, Just like saying, I said. You're I, saying if they, Christian McCaffrey wasn't there, they'd be 0-6. They wouldn't. Maybe, okay, 1-5. Uh, you take away the Kyle Allen game that he threw four touchdowns. That wasn't all to Christian. Okay, but you see, but this is what you're. This is this is where we get into like a, a tough debate here because I don't think the the throws that he have are ever there if the threat of McCaffrey is not on the field. I feel like you're completely discrediting the entire offense. Other than that, they have good skill position. I'm I'm not arguing the fact that the argument against Christian McCaffrey. Okay. But you have good wide receivers: DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. Maybe not okay. the highest profile guys, but they're. They were hot candidates coming into this year. Greg Olson is a pro's pro. Uh, yeah, and while great. he's up there, he's not what he used to be, but he is okay. a great tight end. Okay, and so he destroyed Arizona when Kyle, Kyler, uh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle <laughs> threw those okay. four touchdowns in Arizona. Okay, that's a great point. So how, how are you right now, about... I'm, right now, I'm more arguing the fact that you said they'd go in six, which they just wouldn't be. Okay, I'm being hyperbolic just for the sake of making a point. But legitimately, 
You're just making the argument for Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and Greg Olson. But when you're making your argument for the Seahawks, you're like, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Will Disley, I, Chris Carson, I'm all not, of those are better than, than... I absolutely did not say that. I said people think that, but they shouldn't. Okay, so then what I'm saying is that you put an, uh, an average quarterback on Seattle, they probably don't go to the playoffs, but they're probably still an 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, team. They'd be around. But I don't think... I do, I do not think that, that Carolina is that at all. I think they're just totally fall off. Well, I guess we're... And right now, they're in conversation way. for the division. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's funny is that at the core of this, we don't disagree with each other. <laughs> That's the hottest debate we've had in a while. Yeah. It doesn't matter because running back is not going to win. Exactly. And it's, it pisses me off. <laughs> what, what, made me, what made me so mad about it is, is reading that the last three running backs to do it, Christian's having a better season at this point in the season. Now he has to continue to do it right. and finish it, but that's what makes me upset is that he probably won't win the award and he's doing better than three guys who won MVP. And guys who broke records to do it. Right. Which is, it's it's just, this is why there needs to be a different award. Because, again, I said this like maybe three minutes ago. I don't know how long the rant went. This is rant number two for Adam. But running backs and other positions have to break NFL records to be considered for most valuable player. Yep. Quarterbacks can have seasons that they have year to year and still win the I feel, like, I feel like I feel like I I hear you and I agree that that seems unfair, but I think more often than not, well, let's see. And I feel like this isn't even correct in saying because I think the MVP is also voted incorrectly. Like last year, we thought it was Breeze, where it's the most valuable player to to your team, not like the guy that performs the best, right? Obviously, because obviously Pat Mahomes last year was performed as the best quarterback, right? But Drew Breeze was more valuable inherently to that offense. So, yeah, it's it's a hard discussion that we'll never yeah. get to vote for anyway so and it's also like we're not and again it's not like like i said it's not like i'm sitting here saying russell Wilson doesn't deserve a vp because he absolutely does and right now he's on track to win it but you know i digress well with still, all that lamar still, jackson's on track to beat michael vick's season rushing record for a quarterback by 200 yards did he win mvp that year no i don't know i don't think he did i don't think he did all right so next on the docket i think we're uh i think we're going to to our uh, Pals picks. Yeah. Okay. Well, Pals picks. But Cold Reads was first. Do we, we do can... Cold Reads before Pals picks? We do. I thought we did Cold Reads after yeah. Pals picks. Like it's time for Cold Reads. Like Cold Gate Okay. <laughs> do you have any Cold Reads? I do, but usually you make me answer yours first. All right. Well, I only have one. Oh. It's about Miami Dolphins. Okay. Yeah, good. I wanted to talk about Flip-flopping this. Flip-flopping other quarterbacks. Yeah. I want to know... We know the draft capital they have. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Are you confident that these three guys in O'Shea and Flores and Greer, is that his? Yes. Greer. Are are you confident that these are the guys that are going to be able to turn this team around? Because with the right guys in this draft capital, they could be a division contender in two years. Sure. Absolutely. Well, we don't. We won't really. We can't answer that question right now. Okay. Especially, I mean, we can't. We can't put too much stock into this quarterback flip flop. I, I, I hate it. First of all, I'll right. go on the record saying that I don't like that. You say you're committed to a guy, and then like you pull him, and then you're like, well, he's still our guy, but we thought he could get a spark. Two days later, never mind. He's not our guy. We're going back to the first guy we had that was our guy. Just it's it's too much, and it shows there is a little bit of dysfunction in the yeah. organization. And I, I wonder what is really going on behind closed doors. And it's really hard because. Obviously, everyone knows about the potential for tanking, but all the coaches and players obviously say they're not doing it, but are people pulling certain strings and whatnot, and, and so we don't really know, but we can't put too much stock into this. I think there is some inexperience and some unprofessionalism in, in doing that, but you do you. It's not the first time we've seen it. It's not going to be the last time we see it. To answer the question, are these the guys to to get well, no, this no, no, organization no. turned around? I. Because I know that you can't really answer that question right now. Okay. Because uh, that's what you said. I, I just want to know, are you still confident in it? Because I, at the beginning of the year, you mentioned that you were. You believed in the direction they were going. You were all in for Tank for Tua. Yes, you were all in for, like you were. You were on board as a Dolphins fan. I'm confident that what they're going to do is going to work. But right now, they're, they're not bad. They're historically bad. And they're bungling quarterbacks and all this stuff. So I just want to know, as a Dolphins fan, are you still confident? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really care about at all, like, the historic nature to it. Okay. I mean, how could you not be when you trade okay. almost every single right. asset you have away yeah. to 
you're going to be bad. And they might trade more. Kenyon Drake's on the block. Right, he's on the block right now. So we'll see what goes on with that. Um, we'll see if he does get moved. I think he will. I hope they get something decent in return. I don't think it's going to be great. We'll see, though. But obviously this year's upcoming draft is where I think that's going to be determined. Yeah. And it's more so on Greer than I think okay. Flores and O'Shea. Like, I, I, I like the O'Shea coming from O'Shea, O'Shea sorry, yeah. uh, with a more New England West Coast yeah. offense that if they get the pieces to operate that, and I think that will be very good <laughs> for the team. Flores, I mean, it's a little bit out. We don't know, and we're not going to know because we don't have the opportunity. But I do like the way that he handles the press for the most part. I think he's very well-spoken, and I appreciate that. And I feel like from the people who haven't jumped ship, they seem to respect him a lot. And I think that's what's important. If you can gain the respect of your coach, that's important. And especially when you're going through something like this. We've seen it already with yeah. players wanting to jump off, yeah. and those players have been shipped out and so we saw it last year with Green Bay with Mike McCarthy if you don't have the respect of your players you're not going to perform well Mm -hmm. and right now it seems that they do respect him Mm -hmm. and they know what is being attempted to be done yeah so I think the most pressure like I said going back to a couple minutes ago is on Greer and Howe this next draft this next draft especially because they have the most draft capital in this one compared to first round picks compared to 2021 so it's going to be very very fascinating to watch and if if they miff on that or they don't do some some good decisions, then we'll see. And they could really set the organization back for even longer. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure, but it's really exciting. So I, I I love the staff. I love Flores. And I think O'Shea is... Really? Because I remember when he first got hired, you're like, mm, nope. And I was weird about it. But the more the, the, I've seen him talk and I've seen him handle like how terrible this situation is, I just really think that... This team, I'm afraid of this team in a couple years. If you get Tua or even Herbert or whoever, yeah. and then you grab a weapon and then another defender, and then you fill out the rest of this roster with with defenders and and other pieces and stuff, and you have that next year, then you have a year where maybe maybe you're like a six and ten or yeah. a, or a seven and nine, and and then you have the following year where you add even more talent. Then you're like challenging for something if your quarterback is ready. Right. So again, I. I'm really afraid of this as long as they stay the course. This is the issue with things, is that things get bad and then people get cold feet and run away from it. We talk about this all the time. Stick to your plan. Make a plan and stick to it. And I'm not and I am not even gonna to, like I'm gonna talk about the Bills for briefly here, because I think the Bills did it right. Now we lucked out that we fell into a playoff spot the first season with McDermott and Bean. We fell into a playoff spot and everybody was like, Oh, they're a great team, and we we knew we weren't ready for that. Okay, just, we 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 took advantage of a of a of a weak wild card chase in that that season, and went in at nine and seven, and it was great. And I think that's what I I hope that if that didn't happen, we still would have stayed the course and been okay. But I think that really helped the fans and the office and the owners in, in the Pagulas to be like, okay, let's give them time to do this. Yeah. So that last year when we were struggling, even though we had a rookie quarterback and we were, we were developing and people were like, it's okay, like this is part of the process. And now we're 4-1, and one, we're reaping the benefits of this and we still have a long way to go to get better and better. But this is what happens when you try to build a team. You have to strip it down. I mean, we traded all sorts of players away. And this is what happens. You guys are trading all sorts of players away. We developed, we got, we gained draft capital. You guys are building up draft capital. Yeah. And then you, you take your shots and, and you hope that you hit on them to, to have a good roster. And I just, I think that if more teams did this and stuck to it, and this is, that's why I asked this question because they're flip-flopping on the quarterback. Who's to say we're not worried they're going to flip-flop on the plan they have going on here. But, if they stick to this plan, this team's going to be very good in two to three years. So I'm sorry. I just want to make sure, just for clarification, when we say like flip-flop on the plan, like flip-flop on the plan of losing or like that they're going to like clean house? That's what I mean. I'm afraid that like that they're going to get to the end of the year and they're going to be 0-16 or 1-15 and be like, ooh, that, that's way, way worse than what we thought it was going to oh. be. Fire these guys and okay. get you guys in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no. I, and I think <laughs> – Or this... even after two years. what if, Who's to say next year they're 3-13 and 13 again? No, like take a breath. Like, it's historically bad, but you have another draft after that. Like give them time. I think all of this was really, I don't want to say scripted because that's not the right word, yeah. but this was planned for because like I said, when I just said it a couple times, but Flores was the only rookie coach that had a five-year deal, which that's pretty uncommon. We did talk about four. that. Yeah, we did. So they have 
I'm looking at the first year being like, this doesn't count at all. That's the right. first one's basically your rookie year, yeah. and then you have time to build on from that. I like that. So I think this has all been really planned for. It's been thought out. We're going to strip down to rebuild because we're tired of being in this middle area of yeah. seven and nine. Absolutely. Ten and six ones. Yeah. Maybe make the playoffs. Usually don't. Right. And they're going to just do it from the bottom. And I know a lot of people hate it, and a lot of people don't like it, and they yeah. think it's bad for the sport. But I think really it's just one of the – I don't want to say it's one of the better ways, but it's hard when you're in that middling territory. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Good. That's all I have. All right. So, I'm going to give you eight division cellar dwellers. Okay. I want you to tell me two that you think can climb out of them Love to it. still contend. So, Love we it. have the Dolphins, so let's take them out. There's really seven. That's what I was going to say. Chargers. <laughs> Bengals, Titans represent the AFC. Then on the NFC, we have the Washington Redskins, the Cardinals you talked about, the Lions, which you talked about, and then your divisional champs, the Atlanta Falcons. So I have to pick two that I think are going to or just have the best Not that are going to. Just that I have have one that I still think is going to, and it's the LA Chargers. Okay. I think that they have struggled coming out the gate like they always do. (laughs) But, you know, they've been in games and they've made some comebacks and they have some easier games coming up here, and I do think that they're going to go on a run and still win because I really think that we've seen that that Kansas City is very vulnerable. Okay. Uh, and if, if Pat Mahomes isn't Pat Mahomesing all over the place, you know, <laughs> make that a verb. And their and their defense is worse than it was last year, which wasn't even that great. And so again, I I think that I do still think that the Chargers get it done. Um, and the next one is the Titans. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, they went to Ryan Tannehill, so their, their season's over. If they go back to Marcus Mariota and have mathematically a chance, I will come back on the show and pick the Titans to win. Just so, just letting you know. Just what if Ryan know. Tannehill leads it? It won't happen. It won't, I'm so confident it won't happen. But, I've never been rooting for the Titans more right? than I am now. <laughs> this is my plan all along. I just wanted you to flip back on it. <laughs> it's reverse psychology. Anyway, the other one I'm going to throw down is the Lions. The Lions are 2-2-1, two, two, and one, and we talked about how they, they – you know, the refs didn't help. lose them that game, but they didn't help. And you have the tie week one against the Cardinals, and then you have the game against the Chiefs where they were right there at the end, and there was a questionable call at the end of that game too. So you're talking about three games that, you know, uh, a feather of a, of a difference gives them three more wins. So they could be 5-1. and one. They could be 4-0-1. and one. You know what I mean? And I know that we could go on with forever with the they could bees. But legitimately, this team is that kind of talented. Sure. They're a good team. Uh, I don't think they're going to. I'm still picking the Packers. Obviously, losing against the Packers is big. But this team, this this team is a very solid football team. Are they in our pals picks? No, they're not. Because I am picking them to beat uh, Minnesota. Okay, they're in Detroit. That's a very close pals pick. Yeah. See, well, they're, see, they're in Detroit, and I do think it's they're they're pissed about how last week happened. They're going to come out with guns a blazing. But again, like I said, that that would be my other one. I I don't really see a lot of the other like I, you know. I would say maybe Arizona if they can get hot, but the reality is I just don't think that they have the pieces in place to really contend Division with, so tough. with the 49ers or even the Rams for that matter who are falling off. But I can't really oh. think of anybody. I mean, it, if Atlanta could write their defense, their offense is incredible. Their offense is so good. I mean, we talked. I was talking about, about Kyler Murray crushing it. You want to hear Matt Ryan's stats from last week? 30 of 36. 356 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. Are you talking about, did you did you mean to say Atlanta? Yeah. You said Arizona. Oh, so Atlanta. So Matt Ryan, six incompletions, four touchdowns, 356 yards, no turnovers. Yeah, you were talking about somebody had tweeted like they've never oh, yeah, seen yeah, yeah. a game. That's a really good point. This is, this is fascinating. I have it bookmarked. It said Matt Ryan has thrown, so this was on Sunday, he had thrown two, in, this is at one point in the game, had thrown two incompletions, took only one sack, the offense had zero giveaways, and they were down 17 points. Yeah. Like, it's fascinating. And then the guy quote tweeted and said, rare to see a team this bad and the quarterback isn't even close to being the problem. Wow. And it's true. Like, Matt Ryan is having a, a fabulous season. And they're just not winning because they can't stop anybody. They, they can't they just can't do it. And then for a while, they couldn't run the ball. Now that they, Freeman has resurged, but... Like again, that's I really thought this defense was going to get back to that when they went to the Super Bowl and Deion Jones and Tack McKinley and, and Keanu Neal were running all over the place, causing havoc, and they're just not. They're just not, and I think Tack McKinley is injured. Um, I don't. Did Keanu Neal get hurt too? I'm not sure. He is, but still, like I said, you know this this team and you know Dan Quinn. If this still happens, is not going to have a job at the end of the year. Yeah, and 
there are going to be a lot of questions as to what kind of coach they bring in, but uh, I hope they don't just promote Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator, because I just don't think he should be a head coach. But regardless, that was another team that I would talk about, that if they could somehow write this defense, this is a team that could win 10 straight and be 11-5. That they have the offensive weapons to do that. All right. So. All right, so this one, uh, well, well said, my friend. The second one is just uh, a little bit shorter. Don't have to... You have to think about it. We don't have to put too much explanation, just a little bit. So you talked about uh, Miami possibly uh, trading Kenyon Drake. Where do you where do you see a player like that falling right now? I think there's a lot of places where Kenyon Drake can go. One place that I would love would be the Buccaneers because I still think that they need a guy. I think that Bruce Arians could do a lot of really great things with him. Wouldn't mind Buffalo taking a little stab at him. <laughs> okay. I really think, again, like I love the backs that we have. Gore's great. I think Singletary's going to be amazing. And Yeldon's okay. But I think that that'd be fun to throw a guy in there that has that game-breaking potential that he does. And Singletary has that kind of big playability, but he doesn't have that blazing speed that Drake does. Okay, either. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, that was another place that I looked at. I mean, you could talk about Washington maybe, but they're they're kind of out of it at this point. Um, I know that I know that Houston has Duke Johnson and Carlos Ooh, interesting. Hyde, but Kenyon Drake would be kind of fun in that offense. Okay. So, those are a couple teams that I would look to, but I don't think Houston would do it because they already made the moves. For right, they've Hyde already and they've traded Johnson, a lot, so I don't see that. All right, so you don't have a, a second one. What do you mean? You don't have a second cold read? I don't. All right, then I'm going to throw my my third at you. Sure. All right, so I want an under the radar player. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to say. Christian McCaffrey or Russell Wilson, okay. who so we're getting pretty close to midseason, yeah. the second half of the season. Who are you most excited to uh, to watch? It could be a quarterback. It could be Matt Ryan to see if he turns it around. But I'm looking for something a little just like little, a player that. Yeah. I'm okay. Well, I would say Devin Singletary. That's my yeah. answer. Okay. Well, see, I don't want to. I don't want to just go Bills, Bills, Bills. But I'm just so excited for the kid. There, there's somebody said a stat when I was listening to it on Fantasy that he has. Five or, or or it's eight plus carries of fifteen plus yards or more, and that is fifth in the NFL. And he's missed the last three games. He played two games. He's he's only played in two games, so he's like in this huge category of the NFL for big running plays and big passing plays. And he's played two games. Yeah. So again, like I just think the kid has so much potential, and I, I. I it, it's so good for – I, I cannot begin to describe how transformative this could be for our offense if he stays healthy because it, it gives you such a competitive advantage to have a guy like Singletary because when Gore's in the game, you know we're probably running the football. Or if we're passing it, he's protecting, right? Okay. If Yeldon's in the game, you know we're probably throwing the football and he's going to run a route. If Singletary's in the game, he does – all three of those things just as well, those two guys. Yeah. It is such a competitive advantage to not know what you're going to do. Now, there have been times where Gore runs around and you throw him the ball. And there are times where they hand it. Of course. Right. But the, 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 the staunch numbers add up to they're probably running with Gore or he's going to block or they're probably passing to Yeldon. So Singletary does both so well. He They call him the motor because he never stops running. And... When he gets into the red zone, he finds the end zone. Again, like you talk about I, – I, we talked about the stats when I talked about it earlier, like at the beginning of the year. But the kid had an unbelievable amount of touchdowns in college. He had a season where he had 32 touchdowns, you know. So, I mean, the kid just finds the end zone. And I really – like I'm very, very excited. I was going to say somebody else, but really legitimately, that's my real answer. I All right. It's my team and it's the Bills. But it's legitimately – I could not be more excited to see somebody play. That's all right. I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, it's time for... Pals Picks! Oh, yeah. Terrible week for us. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing too hot we this suck, year. Man. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> we really we really took it to heart to give each other the hardest games possible. Isn't that what we do, though? <laughs> so we're both below 500 officially. Well, here's the thing. I said, I, I said this to you, because all my games were earlier. I think I was like... Six and two, but two of the games that I picked in my full slate were pals picks. <laughs> like I said, I know how to trip you up. You do. Yeah, but really, I mean, like, not an insult to you, but like, you've been like fairly consistent. Like, you do one and two or two and one. Like, I started out five and one, I know. And now I'm seven and eight. I know. So, 
Like I've really fallen two, off. Two and seven. I've really fallen movie. off the the, oh, the cliff here. I love it. All, All right. So what are the, what are the records? Uh, right now we're seven and eight, and you're six and nine. Eight. So we're six keeping nine. it. Keep, oh, okay. So we're going there. Keeping it uh, a tough competition. Well, you're not going to trip me up this week. All right. So, yeah. I mean, you already have all of these planned out because of your, your parlay bet. But regardless, I'll have you explain the ones that you're picking. So I'm going to throw them at you first. We have the Los Angeles Rams traveling to take on those reeling Falcons. Both teams reeling, really. Both, so what do you see happening in Atlanta? Reeling, really. Now, this was much easier to pick before Jalen Ramsey decided that he got healthier the minute he got sent to L.A., but okay. I'm still picking the Falcons. Okay. I think the Falcons at home, I, the Falcons are putting up points galore. And, you know, people are talking about, you know, the Rams' offensive line is terrible. And it is really not that great at all. Um, and they haven't been able to protect Goff that much. And they haven't been able to run that well. People are talking about the remedy for that is the Falcons, who can't defend the run and can't get a pass rush. I'm flipping it. I say the remedy for the Falcons not being able to give a pass rush to stop the run is a bad offensive line in L.A. Okay. I think that they're going to get to Goff. And I think that – and I'm not even talking about they're going to stop this. Like I'm just saying that they're going to be able to get to Goff enough that Matt Ryan can still put up 30 and win. You know what I mean? I know Matt's probably – Matt Ryan's going to put up 30 points in this game for this offense. Okay. But they're just going to be able to stop the Rams one or two times at the end to not get them to 30. And that's how they're going to win this game. I don't think that's a crazy path. Will Ramsey be playing this week? They said that he probably will. Okay. Which is – which is again, this was much easier to pick – if Rams wasn't playing something like they don't have any corners, okay. they're just Julio's going to score two hundred yards, three touchdowns. But now probably not. But Calvin so Ridley, if, have if, they if, gone against each other before? I can't think of a. I can't. Atlanta, not off the top. Jackson, of my, not off the top of my head. But a fun matchup. I will say this: if Ramsey does play, check your fantasy lineup. Start Calvin Ridley because Ramsey will shadow Julio. Calvin Ridley will have a, a nobody guarding him. Is this just you trying to? Get me to accept that trade that you offered me, Calvin Ridley. Maybe. Let's <laughs> have so the Arizona Cardinals traveling to take on Daniel Jones and possibly Saquon Barkley. This is an awesome game. York. This is my – I think we need to do a new segment where we do like Adam's sneaky good game of the week. I think that would be fun. But this is my – this is going to be a great game. And you know what's so funny? I love the chaos. The New York Giants are one game out of first place in the NFC East. I love it. I love it. I want them to win this game, but they're not going to win this game. The Arizona Cardinals are going to go two in a row here. They're going to go three, three, and one. And people are going to be like, ooh, the Arizona Cardinals. They're a good football team. They really are. And this offense goes as as well as Kyler goes. And Kyler's been rolling lately. So I really think that their offense keeps going. They score a ton of points in this game. I do think Saquon plays. I do you're think betting against our PC but again, guy. But again, I do think I don't have much stock in him in fantasy, only in one league. But I mean, just I'm like one, one of our I'm guys. like one in five in that league. But still, I do think Saquon plays. I do think Saquon has a very good day. I think that he has a very good day. But I just think that at the end, Daniel Jones doesn't get it done. They fall to two and five and the Cardinals get to three, three and one, two in a row. Not only is Saquon coming back, but Patrick Peterson is going to be suiting up as well for the Cardinals. So that's, that's another. That's a big. Return. That's big. And they don't. Have, and they, and they, he's going to guard Golden Tate, and then they're not going to have anybody else to throw it to. <laughs> Go to the last game of the Palace Pick Slate for you: the Baltimore Ravens traveling out west to take on my Seattle Seahawks. In Ross, I trust, except for the, this game. I'm going with the Ravens. I really, I really be shocked. Yeah, no, 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 no. I really. Here's the thing. This is this is the opposite of the Rams game. Earlier on, this pick seemed a little iffy, but especially now that they get Jimmy Smith back and they just trade for Marcus Peters, that I like. I love Tyler Lockett. I love DK Metcalf. But this is a game where Will Disley would have been super valuable, and they don't have that over the middle now. Again, I just think that this Ravens defense issue is that they their pass rush isn't like it used to be anymore because they lost a lot of guys. But if you have guys like Jimmy Jimmy Smith's back. Then you have uh, Marcus Peters. Then you have Marlon Humphrey, who's been amazing this year. And then you have Brandon Carr as your fourth corner, who's a starting caliber corner. This secondary is great. And we I didn't even mention Earl Thomas' revenge game. Like this defense of secondary is what's going to win in this game for them. Is they're going to be able to contain big plays so that, you know, Russell may, Russell's going to have to run in this game to win this game. And I just think that they'll be able to contain him just enough because I think that Lamar Jackson is going to have a big offensive day against them. So All right. Three road warriors this week for me. Well, the Rams are at Atlanta. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Never mind. You're right. <laughs> two. Two out of three. But you're, you're wrong at least about one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, though, before what? we got uh, we got to say that you got to check out our social media, guys, because Adam did gracefully get his egg uh, on his head. Yeah, so that's that's online. We'll have that up here. <laughs> so we'll tweet it from simultaneous out. catch, too. It'll be disgusting as it was. It like rolled off the side of my head, but it's still like really. I'm pretty sad that I didn't get to like plant. But it was my goal. It was more runny than I thought. All right, Saints are going to the Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky is likely to play, but that makes it even easier. Teddy Bridgewater will start. All right. Well, if Mitch Trubisky's playing, that's even easier. Because I'm going with New Orleans because their defense. I gave them all those those credits and whatnot earlier. I think they're going to do a great job. Yeah. Cam Jordan is one of my favorite defensive players in the league. I love Cam Jordan. And I think they're just going to terrorize. Beautiful eyes, man. You look at Cam Jordan's eyes. Well, you know what I really appreciate, and I liked how weird that was because mine's equally going to be weird because in his picture he always does his eyebrow. Oh yeah. And I am known for my eyebrow as well. Um, I do feel like this is a game where, especially if that defense, I think uh, Mitch will get flustered and make some mistakes. I would have actually felt more comfortable with, with Daniels being in there to yeah. be more of a game manager. But if Mitch is playing, I feel even better about my pick of the Saints going on the road and winning. Awesome. I agree. Texans at the Colts. Uh, you know, Texans, I bet against them last week and it burned me. Deshaun yeah. Watson, I mean, like I threw some major props at him uh, earlier on in the offseason talking about how he's been one of the best, but I seem to have been betting against them a lot this year. I don't know why. Yeah. And but right now I'm I'm going I'm jumping on board, 100 percent, and I think just they need to get D Hop going a little yeah. bit more though. He's been just a major possession receiver, and he's so much more than that. So if they can just get him going to the level we know DeAndre Hopkins to be, then then watch the heck out. I will say if I had a recall today, I would have recalled my Titans, obviously, because the Texans are going to win the division. Now I agree. Cowboys at Eagles. Cowboys at Eagles. What fun! What Give it a fun! Week. Sunday night football. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'm going Road Warrior. Uh, this is a tough game for me. Um, I do believe in the Eagles. I still have Dallas winning the division, but I think right now they're just in a better spot mentally okay. than, than the Cowboys are. I, I think that's very accurate. With that being said, though, the one thing to watch out for, and I talked to you about this, how I, I hated it, I didn't like it at all, that Doug Peterson came out and was like, we're going to win the game. Yeah. And he kind <laughs> then he of, backtracked it. <laughs> he did retract a little bit because I think he realized and the media realized how semi-inappropriate that is. And my example, and I didn't get to talk about this, is this Preston Brown talking two weeks ago. Zach Brown. Zach Brown, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Zach Brown being like the worst part of the Vikings offense is Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins lights him up, and now he's a free agent and, and I good it. because I love, I, I, I love it so much. I, I I don't like that. It just seems like any time that a team comes out and gives fuel like this to another team, it burns them. Yeah. Um. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm going for the Eagles. I just I like them better this week. I don't like them better for the course of the year. But going with Philly. But I won't be surprised one way or the other. If you give too much fuel to a fire, eventually it will burn you. Ooh. That's a really good quote. I feel like, is that original? I feel like it's got to be somewhere. <laughs> I can't be the first person to have said that. <laughs> all right, so a recap. We almost have all road teams, but Adam had to go and screw it up. <laughs> Adam has the Falcons winning at home against the Rams. The Cardinals traveling to New York to take on the Giants. The Ravens traveling to take on the Seahawks and beating them. Well, Right now, pal, I see you going one and two. That's my prediction. Well, here's the thing. If we both go undefeated in pal's picks... That will go a long way in my parlay. Yeah, because you pick, agree with me? I agree with every pick. Okay, well, I, I hope for your sake that we go undefeated together okay. so you can win your parlay, <laughs> okay. and then I'm still in the lead. Yeah. That's what matters to me mostly. Okay. So, All right, so uh, anything else? Do you, uh, do you have Friends Fortune? You do? I have two Friends Fortune. Ooh, so I don't know if I'm allowed to do two of them. Yeah, you, think, you know what? Because I don't, I don't necessarily have one right now, and I know we're crunch time, so I don't want to sit here and ponder and do something stupid. So maybe we should just you should double down. And to Sam right now? Yeah, both, you know okay. what? Because yeah, it doesn't need to be a secret. Well, so my first, one, my first one was kind of – my first one I just kind of said anyway is that I think that we're both going to go 3-0 and on in house picks. Okay. I, so that, that's kind of – that's what it was going to be, and then we talked about it, and you're like, yeah, okay. Oh, sorry. And I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't that big. But my other one. John Brown, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. In 2019, so far, he has 28 receptions. Of those 28, only five of them have not been a touchdown or first down. That means 23 catches. All 23 of those were either a first down or a touchdown. Okay. This coming week... 
for the Buffalo Bills, John Brown is going to have seven plus catches, 125 plus yards, and two touchdowns. How many of those go for first downs? Half, at least half. <laughs> Three and a half first downs. Yep. All right. I think I think that Buffalo is just going to, and again, maybe I'm going to eat these words, but I just think Buffalo is going to roll over the Dolphins. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think it, it's going to be on the ground though. So. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I need to say is that I Frank Gore revenge game. I'm really nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous about this game because I think we need to beat them by a lot to be taken seriously. Mm. If we just beat them by beating them. Like, I'll come on the show and be like, you win the games, well, you win the games, it doesn't matter. And it's true. But I really think that we need to beat them like Baltimore or New England did so that we could be like, hey, we're in the same class. We just didn't get to play the Dolphins in the first two weeks. You know what I mean? Okay. And I so that's it. why I want us to win by that much. But still, that's my friend's fortune. John Brown is going to have a hell of a day with, with Josh Allen. Perfect. Love it. Love it. So, uh, I know you're going to do your little wrap-up thing here as well, but I need to give a shout-out to our... Our last week's guest, yeah. Allie, she went 2-0 in her pal's pick, so she Ooh. did better than us. So. she got to come back on and do it again. Man. Yep. So. But have pick three games that time. Right. Or she'll come back you can't on get it too week. easy. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so make sure you check us out on social media. It's at Simultcatch on Twitter. It is Simultaneous Catch on Facebook. We do have a Facebook group where we can post things and you can ask questions. Make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network. Soon, coming up in this month, we'll be doing a episode swap. So Josh and I will be doing our best to try to do another podcast. And then God. somebody will probably be doing a bonus episode of Simultaneous Catch. We'll see what that will look like. But make sure you check out the other episodes of that. Make sure you just check out podcasts everywhere. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Please try to like and comment and review on Apple Podcasts. It does help with our ratings and it helps us get noticed more so we can build our listenership. Anything else, buddy? Enjoy week seven. Absolutely. God bless.